All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite set. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you! This is my boomstick! What's your favorite scary movie? Good evening, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel DeBrana. And I'm David Uyoa. And with me here is a very special guest, a longtime friend and a fellow podcaster, Stephen Platt from the Know It Some podcast. Welcome, Steve. How's it going, fellas? What's up, man? It's it's going. It's it's going well. This, <laughs> Good uh, to be here. Thanks for having yeah. me on. Yeah, well, it's it's great to have you on. You had me on um, the Know It Some podcast. I did uh, just just a little bit ago. Shiver had not yet been relaunched, and yeah. and now it is. And here you are. Yeah, I think you were in uh, the first ten episodes. Though. You were somewhere in there, and that was a lot of fun. It was great having you on, and uh, it's good to be here, man. I, I love what you're doing, and I'm glad to see Shiver's back. Thank you, thank you. We're we're glad to be back too. Yeah, we've been having a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome. partic- particularly uh, in the month of October. Uh, this is kind of like, um, you know how... Uh, this like, is Halloween. This is Halloween. <laughs> this is Halloween. Perfect. Halloween. <laughs> it's, it's, Everybody like, make a scene. <laughs> like, like how like most people, like they hear Christmas music and they're like, ah, you know, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And then us horror hounds um like october 1st comes around and we're like we don't need to pretend anymore (laughs) we can just be ourselves right and so out comes all the horror memorabilia you know uh we we can we can start talking about the halloween movies about friday the 13th about all our favorite uh horror movies and and everyone knows exactly what we're talking about and it's okay yeah and then, unfortunately, it gets packed up and put away until next year. But uh, then but we go for, back to being the weird guys. Yes, for for those of us that soldier on, we are here for you. So, um, so Steve, one of the things that we've been doing here is uh, we've been asking all of our guests, "What's your relationship with horror? Hmm. Where does it start for you? Is there a movie or a show?" or a character, something like that, that kind of enticed you to come in and say, uh, hey, this is something that I might be interested in. Yeah, um, so I didn't grow up watching horror when I was young. Uh, Family took us to family style movies and comedies and stuff like that, right? And then um, I think, you know, I would catch horror movies on TV every now and then uh, on cable or on HBO. The Bride of Chucky is one I remember seeing as a kid and and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a good one. Jennifer Tilly. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that kind of stuff, um, would, would get past the uh, parental screens, uh, just by, <laughs> by nature of me seeing it on TV. But then, um, when I was like in maybe eighth grade, eighth grade, uh, freshman year of high school, something like that, uh, went with a group of friends to see the ring and we got there late mm. and we were right there front row like that. 
And, uh, <laughs> and I remember very specifically like all the jump scares in that movie and Samara coming out of the TV and the whole deal. And I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Um, turns out the movie was not as great uh, <laughs> um, second, third watch around. But the initial, initial watch right there in the theater, right up front, uh, real, real creepy, scary kind of a movie for me, uh, not having a lot of exposure. And then so that was like maybe the first. And then since then, like I really like um, I don't know why I like cheap jump scares, but I love that. I love uh, paranormal stuff, whether it's paranormal activity or, or whatever. And then anything that is plausible that could happen in real life. So um, stuff like The Strangers. Oh, um, so man, that's, that's yeah. a fantastic uh, just, one. Just the other day on our on our Instagram, I posted um, for my movie of the day, You're Next. Have you seen that one? It's a home invasion one. Man, the, the home home invasion ones for that exact reason, because they're plausible, man. Yeah. Like those, those are the ones that make it hard for me to go to bed at night. Like I can watch Hellraiser and then turn off the TV and just and get a good night's sleep. But man, yeah, I watch <laughs> I watch The Strangers. I watch You're Next. I watch Hush. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that, yeah. now I, 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 might, I might need to watch them before I go to bed. And that, that's definitely exactly how I feel. That's my, that's my jam. That's my, my wheelhouse. Um, the movie that we're going to cover today is somewhat plausible, maybe, in some sure. aspects. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's close enough that, uh, you know, that I enjoyed it. And uh, it was kind of fun to <laughs> – it's kind of fun to go back and take a little trip back in time. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's kind of where where we like to start here is is with uh, with an overview of the movie. Now, this uh, this movie. I mean, this Hell Knight Which comes is- out in 1981, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, like like right as Linda Blair is shedding her uh, like little girl persona from The Exorcist, her vomit. Her, her vomit crusted her, nightgown. Her, 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 finally got it cleaned her neon up. Green finally, suit. finally got it all out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh boy, man, I love The Exorcist. That was the very first episode Shiver did. So uh, if if you are a fan, or if you're not, you can go back and listen uh, because you you can hear me extolling its praises, and you can hear uh, Nary and Jeff. Uh, giving it a real hard time so uh <laughs> so that's um that's 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 a good one so um we see linda blair kind of like you know shedding this you know this little girl look she's you know blossomed as it were into uh into a lady right and and it comes in 1981 yes. wow. which is uh often called the year of the slasher right mm-hmm. uh 1981 gives us halloween 2 it gives us Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Uh, it gives us uh, some of the other like A tier slashers, but you know lesser known things like Happy Birthday to Me. Oh things. God, man! Just uh, that, that's a recommendation I, I took from you that I that was just incredible. That was so good. Yeah, Happy Birthday to Me, the the Prowler. Um, My Bloody Valentine. All these things come out within the span of like 12 months right so like the saturation of the market of slashers is like absolutely incredible but this movie kind of does things a little different it's kind of a slasher and kind of a haunted house movie right uh but it's also kind of a halloween movie right uh so we don't really hear hell night come up often 
when when we hear like the great 80s uh you know horror movies uh this is always absent from that list it definitely is something of a cult film right um so my question is um why is it that um that this has happened right and what are your overall thoughts on the movie so we we can start with you steve as as the guest I mean, I don't know. Overall thoughts, I think, is what I'll start with, and and just say uh, I kind of like the the way that the film started out with a scream, and kind of like you know sets you in Hell Night, sets you in like this Halloweeny uh, theme. Everybody's in kind of costumes and that kind of thing, and I think that plays later in the movie um, mm-hmm. when they go into the police station. It doesn't matter that he's bleeding from a spike or whatever, like, you know, it's Halloween. So everybody kind of like looks like that, you know what I mean? Um, and there's all this chaos. So I don't know that it, I would say it's plausible to escape with a shotgun um, from a police station, but <laughs> oh my God, it's like, not only did my man just walk into an evidence room and take a shotgun, this mother loaded it while he was there. Like, you put the shells in your pocket, man. You are holding an illegal firearm. Quit standing in the police station. I don't know what the writers were, were thinking with that, but, but uh, I was like, I, was like, I, if I don't know that and nobody hears it, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> But you know, it, you you can't really sell that. But you you would have a harder time selling it if it wasn't this chaotic Halloween night. You know, we've been getting calls about you guys all day and blah 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 blah. Like, you know, it, it's it's silly logic, but it's the logic they went with, and that has to happen on a Halloween night. There's a lot of things in this. The the um the whole idea of the four of them being you know locked in there for the night and the the you know uh, sound uh, I, don't, I don't know what they called it the sound machine thing that they had going on like the screamer or whatever like that kind of stuff it's all very Halloweeny and so like I think it's a perfect film to be talking about now in October you know it's it's kind of on theme with what you guys are going for I I don't know I it, it, it uh, overall thoughts on the movie was you know definitely a great pick uh, I had not seen it before and I had trouble finding it uh, I'll be very honest. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't think this one streams anywhere now. Uh, thankfully, there are two companies. Uh, one of which I know is uh, Arrow Video. No, mm-hmm. sorry, um, Scream Factory okay. uh, has has put it out on Blu-ray recently. So mm-hmm. you can you can still probably pick this up on Amazon on analog. So if you're a collector of uh of dvds and blu-rays you can probably pick this up that way uh vh certainly on vhs you can probably pick this (laughs) up uh on ebay for a song uh uh, but you can also pick it up digital which is how i got it and Mm -hmm. and really how i heard about this was uh it, it was it was on sale on uh on on itunes for like two dollars and i was like for two bucks linda blair yeah, Peter Barton from uh, from from Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. Fuck yeah, I'm in for I'm in for two bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it was uh, it was definitely not uh, time that I I feel I wasted. I, I I'm glad I saw it. Um, I just kind of <laughs> wish I kind of wish I'd heard about it sooner. Um, I I think uh, there is like you know to your point earlier, it's kind of like gotten forgotten a little. Mm-hmm. Um, and your question, why is that? I think it's because it's 
and and don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it, but it's very much a a vanilla like bare bones like horror movie. If that makes any sense, like there's not anything because like if you watch other movies that are you know some, sometimes like there's something like new and novel to it that'll make it go viral and 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 cement its status. Um, whether it be and I don't want to call the Sixth Sense a horror movie, but like that twist at the end of that it definitely movie has horror kind of, elements to it. Yeah. Right? You know, um, I think the shaky cam of, um, of, uh, Blair, Blair Witch, Witch project, right? Like stuff like that, like it's iconic, iconic. I don't know. I mean, maybe you guys have a, a different perspective, but I don't know that this film did anything novel, like anything super new that hadn't been done before. Yeah, I mean, no, I agree with you. I think that when you when you're looking at this and, and you're thinking of it as a forgotten type movie, when you look at that, when you look at that run of movies, just the ones that we mentioned here at the top, I, I think that that novels one good one uh, one good word. I think that I think that another word, and it honestly is memorable, mm-hmm. uh, and and not that not that the movie is completely forgettable, but it's understandable that it would be forgotten when you're in the ring with those other heavyweights. And what we're looking at here is a movie that, uh, while it's fun to watch, it doesn't have any characters that you might think about dressing up like. It doesn't really, you know, like the 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 monsters, the villains aren't anything that that you expect to see like come back around or anything. There's nothing iconic that mm-hmm. that really happens in this movie. Yeah, uh, it was my first time seeing it as well, and uh, this is one that honestly I don't know that I'd ever even heard of. Until you brought it up, Dave. And uh, so I started looking into it before I watched it. And I was like, all right, he said that Linda Blair's in here. So I'm looking. I was like, all right, small cast. You know, I can I can dig this. And so um, overall, I think it was a lot of fun to watch. I think that there were some really great, you know, just cheesy, stereotypical things that happened in this. I love the font mm-hmm. um, that they use for the opening credits and the closing credits. Like the weird drippy blood. The one that, yeah. you know, like you find on any... Uh, on any sort of like local haunted house flyer. <laughs> I, th- I thought, you know, that stuff was great. I liked that. I did enjoy the fact that, you know, it is part haunted house movie, but we're in right away on the joke that it's not mm-hmm. really a haunted house until you start seeing the weird stuff start happening. Uh, I, th- there were a lot of good elements to this movie. I just think that when you look at it as a total package, and, you know, you compare it to something from the same year of like My Bloody Valentine. You know, when you watch that and it's striking. There and is you so can, much polish on that. Yes. Movie. And like and you can, you know, I can I can close my eyes and so perfectly picture, you know, the guy in the minor hat with the pickaxe and everything. And and you're just and like so much of that stuff that, that just sticks with you. This movie uh it, it didn't really have anything like that. It had some fun moments. It had some. It had some laughs. It ha, it had a couple of good kills, but it wasn't anything spectacular. You know, I, I don't think that this is going to be one that anybody's going to write a dissertation about. But I definitely think that it was fun to watch. I think they hit a lot of the high points that they needed to. You know, they definitely had a low budget, and uh, <laughs> you know, I can only hope they at yeah. least recouped whatever they spent. Yeah. So uh, I actually um, looked that up, and they did. Like, uh, I guess they grossed um, uh, not quite twice what they spent, but um, but definitely a significant margin. So it wasn't necessarily a financial failure. There we go uh, for that money, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah it, it 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 did it. It made money. It wasn't a flop, and and it's it's continued on the uh, like the cult circuit, you know. So there yeah. there have been. 
you know, small screenings in theaters. It's been released on VHS, I think, more than once uh, on DVD and Blu-ray, more than once. Um, but I, I think there is something to what you guys are saying. Like, there's these iconic slashers that come out in 1981, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's the, um, I, I think the Friday the 13th, Part one is obviously iconic, but we don't get Freddy. Uh, we, I'm, I'm sorry, we don't get Jason until mm -hmm. Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, which comes out in 1981, right? Halloween Part Two, which really leans into a lot of the the blood, uh, the the gore and and the and the sexuality that was absent from that first one, comes out in 1981. I, I, yeah, I John Carpenter really put it on the table with Halloween Two, didn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, a lot of that was that he uh, he wrote and produced, but didn't direct. Oh, okay. Uh, I think that year he came out with. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Escape from New York. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, so he was he was kind of working on that, but he he already started cranking things up with the fog uh, in 1980. So, uh, and on top of My Bloody Valentine and The Prowler, we've got movies like The Burning. We've got uh, Deadly Blessing. We've got, um, let's see, I'm looking at a list here. Eyes Escape from New York was 81, by the way. The Good call. Fan. We've got, oh, The Fun House, Toby Hooper. What a yes. fantastic, absolutely fantastic slasher. Uh, graduation Day, uh, Home Sweet Home, Madhouse. That's another. And these are all 81? These are all 1981. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and some of these are like definitive slasher movies, you know? So um, we, we have this incredible list of movies. And I think because Hell Knight never really decides whether it wants to be a haunted house movie or a slasher, it's kind of got it's you know it, one foot in one foot out. It kind of has this identity problem, and I think that a movie can be more than one thing. Uh, we talked about this a couple episodes ago when we did Crimson Peak. Yeah, right. Uh, where it can be romance and it can be drama and it can be horror all at the same time. Um, but I don't know if it did any one of those things exactly, right? Um, Either way, I, I really enjoy this movie for for the nostalgia, for the throwback. Whenever I'm feeling like, hey, maybe I want to do a 1980s slasher, right? Something something simple, something I can kick back with a couple of beers and a couple of friends. This is one that I think about, usually because the response to when I say, hey, anybody seen Hell Night? I get exactly the response that I got from from, from both of you. And typically when it's over... The response is, hey, you know, so yeah. um, so that's that's I, I kind of like this movie for that reason. You know, it's mm -hmm. a it, it's a it's a quaint movie. It's a nice way to spend an hour and 40 minutes. And, and I don't think you can really go wrong in, yeah. in that regard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that this was a really good one to kick off uh, us do in October with because um, you know, it's we we've got a couple coming up where where Halloween is like is the theme, right? Like we're gonna ease our way into ones that are specifically Halloween movies, like that take place. And this is one that that doesn't ever actually say it's Halloween, right? They refer to it as Hell Night. Mm -hmm. Everybody's in costume. Things are getting 
things are getting wrecked all over the the like uh like Steve mentioned the police station is is a wreck. So without ever actually calling it Halloween, there's an element of this movie that definitely makes it fit in with our Halloween series that we're working on here for the month of October. Mm-hmm. So how much of the spirit of Halloween do you feel was encompassed in this movie? When you're looking at the movie as a whole, without them ever even saying it's Halloween, how much do you feel like they captured that element of uh, a Halloween night or a Halloween setting, Dave? I I think the fact that this takes place in, in a, in a, in a Gothic mansion, nighttime candle lit, um, you know, everyone's in costume, uh, that sort of thing to, to me already screams Halloween. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it is interesting that they never once used the word Halloween, but you have to assume, I mean, this is, this is rush night for, right. for a fraternity, for a sorority. Uh, this is typically done in the fall, right? Uh, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. At some point, you know, early to mid semester in the fall. So it would make sense for it to be sometime either around Halloween or on Halloween. So um, I guess like without kind of explicitly saying it, it, there, there is enough context for, for you to go, Oh, okay, this, this is Halloween. Right. And we get very early on. There's one shot as, as they're, as they're leaving the grounds uh, the the rest of the fraternity and the sorority when they're leaving the grounds and they're locking up that we get one of very few POV shots of the killer. Oh and, yeah, and and, and, and you know it, it reminded me of you know the John Carpenter style shots in in Halloween, and and I think that stuff like that helps establish a um, a sort of horror language right horror cinema language where it's like oh okay um killers often show us you know their point of view this obviously goes back to halloween this might be you know further tying it into that theme of halloween i might be stretching a little bit there i don't know Hmm. but to me i i definitely got a sense that this was halloween when they go into the police precinct um when uh, when Seth goes into the police precinct and the police officer is just at his wits end, like that's the sort of thing that would happen on Halloween. Yeah. Right? We all get absolutely shit faced on Halloween. Like yes. this is something that we do, especially at that age, you know, yes. where, you know, you, you were you were in college, you were. No responsibilities. So just get as, you know, absolutely trashed as you can get. And this is going to give the police department problems. Right. So uh, to me, it doesn't scream Halloween, but it very subtly suggests Halloween in a way where whenever Halloween comes around, this is one that I'm going to put on at home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when it comes to the the time of year, like you mentioned, like Halloween is probably the perfect night to lock up your fraternity or sorority pledges in a home, <laughs> you know, like like for, for initiation, put them in a, a haunted house and tell the story and the whole deal. And like you said, at the precinct, right, it's not just that the sororities or Greek life on a campus is having this crazy night. Like the precinct looks so crazy and busy. It's like the town, like the city or whatever is having this heck of a night. And then that made me feel, I think 
to sum up, like Debona says, hey, uh, they never mention it's Halloween. I think the fact that they never mention it and yet it could still get a guy like me to be like, yeah, this is Halloween. Like, I think, you know, if you could fool somebody into feeling or thinking it's Halloween without using the word, you you did your job there. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I think this this did that. Yeah, I think I think that there's there's definitely enough here, right? That you that you you get the idea that it's Halloween, you know. So as soon as it opens with a costume party, I honestly like you could have opened with that costume party and then show me that it's chilly enough that Linda Blair needs a hood when she's outside. It's like okay, it's fall costume party. This is this is <laughs> Halloween, right? So I, I but so so many of the things are uh, I think Steve used the word Halloweeny earlier. Uh, you know, just just. Uh, the, the the candelabras you know even uh like back we, we talked about candelabras back when we did crimson peak which was in no way halloweeny but as soon as you as soon as you add those in to some of these other things mm-hmm. right and yeah this 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 haunted house and that's the part that gets me is the fact that that it is you know this haunted house even before we learn that there are uh family members that still live in these tunnels underneath this concept of being in somewhere where someone has rigged up sound effects and projector ghosts and uh, doors that lock, you know, that you can't do anything with until they flip a switch. That's the type of stuff that, that I was like, yeah, this is definitely something you do around Halloween because uh, honestly, the local, the local haunted houses opening up is my favorite thing about yeah. the month of Halloween. I just, I love, I love, yeah, like here, yeah, take my $30, yell at me, do whatever, you know, slash at me. Yeah, make me jump, make, you know, make me cuss, make me hate my friends. I, I might cry, whatever, doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> I paid you for this, right? So that's that was the thing for me, was when they were actually out there running the gags before before we find out about the real people, that's when it was like, this is definitely this this halloween this haunted house movie because that's what that's what they that's you know they were trying to torture these people that by the way so is it a fraternity that has boys and girls in it is it a fraternity and a sorority because they only used one name right like they just kept calling it like alpha row or whatever so is it like one that both men and women can join so i I, i've never heard of that before steve did you do any research into this (laughs) So sadly, in, in my uh, other life, I was in Greek life. I was in a, a fraternity at the University of Florida and uh, great guys and, and whatnot. But I did see that there were these co-ed fraternities. Not many oh, of them. Okay. Very, very rare. They call them fraternities when they're co-ed. I guess, I guess uh, our patriarchal society wins <laughs> out there. They're not called co-ed sororities. Um, but yeah, that, they do exist. They're very rare. That, that part did confuse me though. When I was watching the movie that they, that they went with that instead of maybe some like fraternity sorority mixer party kind of yeah, deal. Like that's, you know? I kept waiting for them to drop the name of a sorority as well and be like, you know, two and two, but it was just like, no, you're all just trying to be an alpha row and you've got to spend the, the night in this house. And I was like, Okay, so it's got guys and girls in it. Like, I mean, like, you know, it wasn't a one of those very progressive nineteen eighty one movie. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't one of those things that I got hung up on, but I was like, also not something I'm familiar with. So all right, yeah. cool. You know, yeah, yeah, there's um I guess there's there's to me, I always took it as because I've seen the movie a couple times now. I took it as a bit of like just lazy writing where it was like so okay, so we got the name of the fraternity. What's the name of the sorority? Eh, no one's gonna care. <laughs> you know, it was. I thought of it that way because there is mention that um, that Linda Blair's character Marty 
is uh is is getting a room in the house yeah and, and like and, and training and, notes and, for a car right so so it's obviously not in the frat house it would be in the sorority house because otherwise uh is it yeah there are problems Pete, there if you, uh, if you have yeah is it, house is it, together uh was uh, was the same peter the the head of the fraternity was like oh who's that girl right oh, so yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's never he's never like met her before mm. so to me that was like a little bit of a uh, okay let, let me do a little bit of like logical uh like steps here to to get to what this is i assumed it was lazy writing and eh, mm. we, we don't need to figure out the name of the sorority yeah that makes cuz cuz um uh, what was her name mary maybe mm -hmm. Uh, May. Well, May, that's May. It. yeah. Thank yeah. you. Is uh is like the sorority, uh, not not the house mother, but you know the the head of the sorority, you know. So uh, so to to me, that's that's always how how I imagine. Mm, okay. That. And speaking of that guy that was the president of the sorority, our fraternity, that guy, like he he did such a great job with the story of the house. Like getting into that part of the movie, I was like, "Oh man, this is this is this is '80s, right?" Like I'm, yeah. I'm feeling this, and I can do yeah. this. And, and but and it was like, and it was funny, and you're having your laughs and and some stuff like that. But man, the first moment of that move of this movie that sucked me in was when he was telling that story of the house. I mean, and he sold that shit like that guy was delivering a Shakespearean monologue about the tragedy of this family and just like the, the, the perfection that was like, I honestly feel like the most perfect moment in the movie was when he delivered that story of the house and he was, and he was up with, he was, you know, he was up with the highs and, and down with the lows and, and he was, he was leaning into the scary parts. And I was like, if this guy is not, if this guy is not like, if he hasn't been president and done this before, this is a guy who took his new role very very seriously and this guy did the homework man oh yeah and, and there it had that feel of you know that in in horror movies or sometimes like that like don't anger the gods or don't upset the spirits or whatever like those monsters that are supposedly living in the house like he was pretty disrespectful at times in terms of like talking about like these mongoloid yeah kept you, know, the word people, mongoloid you know like mork or something yeah like yeah that. gork yeah gork, 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 yeah. gork and, and so like yeah. it had that feeling like if there are these things here listening to you describe them this way and so you know what i mean like <laughs> like you have to have that 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 like taboo like almost like a like a like a disrespect in the story right to make it like oh no like yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, you, you don't make Candyman angry, right? Yeah, yeah. Ago, right. We did Candyman, and like this whole thing came about because people didn't believe in him, and we're we're just we're shitting on him. <laughs> so yeah, he, he very much did that. It was great. Yeah, and the, like that that by after that moment, I was like, okay, I'm here. Like I can I can see how this movie is going to play out now. I get it. I'm down. Like let's go. I you just gave me the roadmap, and now I'm I'm on this journey. So let's go. And that. That moment to me was really when like the switch kind of flipped and I wasn't just kind of, you know, laughing about just just everything about the movie, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, when they're talking about the girls at the beginning and points out Linda Blair, then he points out the uh, the British chick. Um, yeah. And uh, and he's like, uh, he's like, man, why didn't you leave her behind? And he goes, 
her behind's her best part. How about I keep that and leave the rest of her? And I was like, see, like that was how it started. And I was it's, like, it's is so, this, is this what we're going to do for a hundred minutes? It's, it's, <laughs> it's unabashedly eighties, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's, it is, um, I love the term offensively eighties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like it is so in your face about what this thing is and it doesn't care, you know, because the movie's there to have a good time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that ultimately, um, you know, that is what Halloween has become, uh, in, in the last hundred years or so. Right. And, uh, or, or, or more, you know, it's, it's always been, you know, a night of, of drunken revelry. And, and I think this movie does that well. It captures that spirit. Mm-hmm. I, I do think to go back to that point, Daniel, that I don't think this movie has bad acting. No, I really um, don't either. Uh, no. it's, it's it's more than than just uh, the guy that played Peter. I I think uh, Linda Blair I think is a is a legitimately good actress, uh, who I I think very, um, very carefully chose her 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 roles as mm-hmm. you know as this sort of like scream queen and B movie starlet, um, uh, because she saw that she could have like. Big fish in a small pond, I guess, you know, Um, but everyone else there, like they treated it with uh, with a sort of respect, like Mm -hmm. like if like if this was going to be a very serious movie that would be put out. And and I mean, I I guess it was, you know, but people going to watch this movie, you're going to have fun. You know, they're not really going to see the acting and yet they they gave it their all. Well, like you know? uh, like the, the guy who uh, who played the surfer, the, the, the surfer guy. Seth. Uh, Seth. Yeah. yeah. Like he was it was it was interesting to me because I was so ready for him to be. a. That's Dick Van Patten's son. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. Uh-huh. But I was I was so ready. It's on like, the World Series of Poker now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was so ready for him to become this caricature of like uh, of the the eighties himbo, um, mm-hmm. and but then between writing and the fact that he legitimately did a good job with it, even when he was doing the over the top described surfing where he mounted up on her and and was paddling out on her and stuff <laughs> like that, it still never felt forced or ridiculous. It really mm-hmm. felt like genuine guy like trying to get laid describing what he loves to do. You know, he's like, yeah. uh, I, I drink, I screw and I surf. And he's like, now watch yeah. me combine all three of these things. <laughs> and, uh, and, but it was, there was, there was a, a like I said, there, it was, it was, it was genuine. A, a yeah. lot of what we saw, like it felt this, uh, it felt a lot like when we did a sleepaway camp mm-hmm. and, and it felt, real it these didn't feel like these forced performances or like i said or even caricatures of of what they could have been like it, it that moment with him with with the two of them in bed and him describing the surfing and stuff like that like that's something that that you can so perfectly envision yourself doing as a college kid trying to get laid right like mm-hmm. yeah let me let me find a way to 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 dry hump you while i just while i describe my passion <laughs> and you know cuz you're thinking it's like you know so you're you're combining these things and and he he did such a great job with it and then as the movie progressed and we got a lot of growth out of Seth as a character that's mm-hmm. i was just, i did keep thinking that i was like the acting in this movie is not bad it was surprisingly good. Like it was surprisingly good. 
And to your point, it was more genuine, serious acting than, let's say, like a campy horror movie like Evil Dead or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like this campy, uh, jokey horror movie. It was uh, very, very good acting. But what was surprising to me is to Dave's point about Linda Blair being a great actress and all that kind of stuff. Um, when I looked up this movie, because I was much like Devona, where like I had to like do my research a little bit first because I had not heard of it. I had seen you know, what I said earlier, right? Like box office, it did all right. You know, um, but what I saw was the critics didn't like it very much. And Linda Blair got a Razzie for this. Oh, um, oh. yeah. Or she was nominated for a Razzie. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't quote me that she won it, but either way, like people didn't like her acting in it. And I was expecting when I saw, you know, when I sat down to watch it, I was like, all right, here we go. And no, I didn't get any of that. Like I got good acting, not just out of the, the entire cast, but her specifically. So I didn't really understand the knocks on it that somebody might have. And, you know, uh, all the acting in the movie, to be truthful, was pretty darn good for this kind of a movie, like for this kind of a horror movie. Right. Um, you know, it, I, it's not winning that any Oscars, but no, uh, no, but for what it is, it was really, really good. And, and, you know, Devona hit the nail on the head. Like I felt the exact way he did on that, that description of the, of the story that the fraternity president did. And that was like, you know, one of the best pieces of pieces of acting in the movie for me. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, it's unfair to to critique it as much as it was. But if you look up uh, Hell Knight, the the critics did not love it. Um, it has a cult following, like you mentioned, um, and it was financially successful. So I don't know why people would be so hard on on the movie and on and on Linda Blair in, in particular. Um, maybe they were holding her up to the Exorcist pedestal. I don't I don't know. You know, like. I, I think ultimately how much money a movie makes ends up letting you know how um, how successful it is. We get yeah. caught up. We get caught up these days on on a movie's Rotten Tomatoes score or, you know, on uh, on an audience score or something like that. But if a movie makes money, that means that people are going to see it and then and telling other people to go see it. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. yeah. And, and, and ultimately, that is the best way to see um if, if a movie's any good, you know, mm -hmm. uh, not that there are movies that are underperformed in, in the box office that aren't good, but if, if something makes money, you know, relative to the time in which it came out, right. Cause you, you can't put something like this up against, you know, like Avengers Endgame. You know? <laughs> right. um, I mean, you, you can't even put star Wars up against Avengers Endgame. you know um, it's uh it's it's a good way to to judge that and, and one of the things that you said uh you know the both of you kind of really focused in on this uh the character of peter his delivery on uh on on the house itself the house plays such an important part in the story right the the setting it's um it's it, it leans pretty heavily into this like gothic setting. And in fact, the the director, uh, uh, DeSimone, said that he wanted this to be a costume movie where everyone was going to be in costume specifically because he didn't want like teenagers in like jeans and T-shirts running around this gothic mansion. So, uh, so he was like, OK, how do we do this? Well, we make it a costume party. 
And that's that's how they're going to get there. So it was really just a plot device, uh, this idea that it's going to be in Halloween. But it kind of like gives, I think, something uh, to the movie. You know, this this setting, you know, um, does uh, does Garth Manor itself affect the look and feel of Hell Knight? Does does that help make this work as a haunted house movie um you know uh, or does it really not uh daniel you you want to go first on this one so the whole time i was watching this i just kept viewing it as a haunted house movie um you know we come to find out that the 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 beings that live in it are actually alive so um you know so it kind of takes that idea of haunted and and turns it on its head a little bit but at the same time, you know, it's it doesn't necessarily say that it's not haunted just because they're alive. You know, there are uh, otherworldly type. I mean, they're 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 cave. You know, they're, they're like they're these these beings that dwell in the caves underneath this house, and they obviously aren't coming out much. So I think that it really does sell itself as a haunted house movie, and does so very very well. Uh, I think that there's there's always that little bit of idea that that this fraternity or who uh, or sorority or somebody you know they're doing a, a moderate amount of upkeep on this house um, to to keep it being successful and keep this being something that they can do. At one point, um, he flushes a toilet and it works, yeah. and I was like, okay, so nobody lives there, but they're still running water. Cool, cool. Hey, man, I get it, right? <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> or just, just just like the candles being lit when they get yeah, there. When like, they, yeah, it's like did I, did they really go like you know for like I have to assume it took a couple of hours to light yeah. all those candles, right? S some guy, you know, th there's that one guy who was there's not one guy allowed just... to, to go back to the party to the frat house and get drunk until every single one of those fucking candles was lit. There's there's there's, there's some pledge who like he's like he hears the gunshot to get the lock. He's like, oh shit, oh shit, he's got the aim <laughs> and flame trying to hit the last couple before he can sprint out the back door. Um, and so. I think that I think that while there's a gothic feel to the house, I think that if I had to qual uh, qualify this as something, I do think that haunted house movie fits in. Uh, it, it fits inside that box more neatly than it fits inside a lot of other things. There were there were some fun things that they did with the setting and the fact that they had the house all rigged up. I loved when uh, when he was wearing the mask and he was going to do the mirror gag, but she was uh, she was too like whacked out on on lewds. To yeah. even like to be scared by it, she's just like, "Ah, oh, these lewds are hell on my skin," and it's like, "Really? That's okay." And but what's funny is he's just like, "Ah, shit," and then like moves on. He's like, well, that that one didn't work. Um, one hilarious thing that, that this was actually an experience while watching it. So while we're uh, while we were watching this movie, um, right around the scene where the projector ghost shows up when she can't get the door open and we eventually find out it's mag locks or whatever. And there's that really, you know, really stereotypical like Disney's haunted mansion projector ghost that's moving towards her right around the time when that ghost first appeared, this light randomly turned on in the hallway of my house, like right past my living room. So while that moment shouldn't have been scary, I was really on edge. Turns out what it was, was that I have a fluorescent light above my washer and dryer. And sometimes it just 
doesn't turn on when you flip the switch and the switch had been flipped and we didn't realize, but it was, it was this really, where it was like, all of a sudden I was like really on edge and I was like, Wait, what's going on? Is there a ghost there? My light's turning on. And, um, but yeah, so that, that was my setting while watching, uh, was also playing along. There was, but there, there were a lot of great things about the mansion that, that really made it seem like it made it seem honestly, the setting made it seem like something that would be fun to be a part of either to be one of the guys who was doing the scares or one of the people who was supposed to be staying in there at that point in the movie, right? right. One, being, being one of the people who's staying in there as part of the initiation. So I think, I think they did a lot with the setting. I think that, you know, they, they very subtly, showed us the the pathway that he used to get underneath which later on they used to get out you know th there was some there was some great little foreshadowing there like it's important that we show you how we got under the house and stuff mm -hmm. like that so there were there were a lot of good little little things with that that were were some th those were the parts of the movie that kept you engaged mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah i mean all all of the house i think helped the movie along in terms of things like like that you said the entrance and exit all that kind of stuff. But the monster lair to me had to happen in like a family home because they had like these old timey, like family photos uh, in the monster lair, uh, you know, lit by candles in a very shrine kind of way. Um, they had like the, the family, like, like corpses essentially sitting there. If you notice, like, like one of their own dead is now sitting at the table with like the, the family corpses. Yeah. Um, you know, like very, very much this haunted house kind of a feel. I liked it. The one thing I will say is it does show its age as a 1981 movie. Um, because if you look at like modern haunted, haunted houses, like the, the haunting of Hill house TV series or whatever. Right. And how that's filmed and the lighting and all that on that. And what a dark corridor, let's say looks like there. And then this 1981 film where it's supposed to be dark and scary and creepy but the only way that they can film it so that we as the viewer can see what's going on is to have these be like the brightest candles ever created. Yes. And there's like this really bright light off stage so that the stage itself doesn't have to be super well lit from above. And so like, there's always like, like light coming in from places where there really shouldn't be that much light coming in. Um, and it's just the way that they did films back then, you know, um, and you could kind of see its age there. Uh, but considering that this was all, all takes place with the exception of the police station and a couple other things, mostly in one locale, it was like a low budget kind of a film and the way it was written, it didn't need a large budget. You know what I mean? Like, I think the house served its purpose. It was, it was creepy enough. Um, I don't know that it should be any creepier because supposedly it's where a real family that was trying to have kids and all that kind of stuff once lived. So I think, you know, you can't go too much past the way the architecture was and this, you know, but um, I don't know. It worked for me, the, the home. It was <laughs> scary enough. So, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's funny what like 15 years will do to a place, you know, 15 years of abandonment, mm -hmm. um, you know, it'll fall into the state of disrepair and uh and especially a big place like this like you know it requires upkeep you mm -hmm. know um you know there's there's certain houses that you know whether it be in you know a neighborhood that you just you know because there's a friend or a family member who lives there and, and you know that that house has been abandoned for a while and you see what has become of just the outside 
in that amount of time, right? So you can only imagine what what has happened to the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and now you you make it something spooky, you know, something where there would definitely be a Scooby Doo episode that takes place in there, right? <laughs> and uh... yes. yes, that's it. That's it's very Scooby Doo esque. Yes. Yeah, it's it's this, very this is the type of place that the mystery machine would either one break down in front of and they would need to seek shelter for the night, or two, they would have been called there because Fred heard there was a ghost. Yeah, and I <laughs> I have to believe that part of the reason why the director did not want them in jeans and t-shirts is because he simply did not want this to look like a live action. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, which in many ways, the two females <laughs> just missing the dog exactly. Oh in, my god! You're in right. many ways, this would have been a better Scooby Doo movie than the two live action Scooby Doo movies that we got. Oh you my know? god! You're so right. The speaker hanging down, making yeah. the screams and stuff. This is a, this is an episode of Scooby Doo. It is. Yeah. It is. They just didn't get a chance to rip the mongoloid's head off the. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. Mr. Garth, <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it too. The police chief, the whole you time. meddling kids. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I do think that the setting has a lot to do with it. I also like that there's, at least in my mind, some ambiguity there as to whether or not it's actually haunted, right? Um, so, uh, Debona, you're, you're taking the approach that, that, um, the that astral appearance right the the ghost was uh was a projector yes but we don't actually know you're right we see we see him use the control deck to, to open the lock door and unlock the door right. but we never see him flip the projector back on so i um i think my sort of um my sort of thinking here is all of the all of the gags that we saw were just that they were gags, right? And they were they were very low tech, you know, things like wires connected to a speaker, uh, things like dangling a body, you know, yeah. by rope, you know, um, and opening and closing doors. Like this is not something that you needed to have uh, like an awful lot of equipment for. Uh, but something like that as a projection to be able to move towards her. That is a right? good point to uh to speak in that way where like uh, it, it, she seemed genuinely frightened hmm. after she already knew that there were speakers in the house that they were messing with them uh and and marty was a very level-headed girl so hmm. uh to me well you know she grew up working in her dad's garage she's right down so, to earth i think they mentioned <laughs> that uh <laughs> maybe once or twice <laughs> No, yeah, but I, you know, it did have a like a like a boy who cried wolf quality to the whole thing, and I think that makes the best horror movies where like you have like the the jokey prankster boyfriend, and so like you know the the girl's like, oh, you know, this is just another prank that my boyfriend's doing. You've seen that in movies, right? Like here, because of all these pranks in the haunted house, like they don't know what to believe is real and what isn't, and I think it maybe took them a while to realize. Hey, there's something actually going on here. I remember at one point in the movie, they're like, I thought you, you know, I thought you disabled the screen machine. Like I just heard, you know what I mean? Like, right. so th- it takes them a second because of all the, so the actual projection just kind of mixes into that ambiguity. Like you said, of mm-hmm. you know, what, what's a prank and what isn't at this point. And there's, there's so much that I think is, 
uncertain in this movie that um, I think number one, I like a movie that doesn't necessarily wrap up everything in a neat little bow. Uh, for example, who the second killer is. Right. Right. We're, we're, we're not a hundred percent certain. That's the Scooby Doo um, police chief. In a that's mask. right. It, 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 there's there's a little bit of that there. Uh, Peter does say at the beginning of the movie that they only found three bodies, and yet there should have been four, right? Um, mm. he's, he says, uh, he does mention that Andrew gets away, right? But Marty also says that there's a possibility that there were more guards that mm -hmm. they didn't know about. So, um, who that second person is. Uh, we'll never know exactly. There is a uh, like a director commentary uh, in which the the creative team says that it is not because I always assumed it was Raymond Garth, the father, right? That he had somehow lived. Um, apparently, it's not. Apparently, it is another Garth sibling. Hmm. So uh, Andrew is the 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 one who throws Peter out the window. The one who's shot with the shotgun. That's yeah. the one who's um, who he is, is not exactly clear. Uh, but again, I think that that's part of what makes the movie a little scary. What makes it really good is a haunted house movie because you don't know what exactly it is that's going on. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with not knowing whether that was a real ghost, whether that was the ghost of, um, of, of Raymond Garth or whether it was more the tricks that, that Peter and, uh, and Scott were playing on him. Yeah. So. Well, and you know, one thing with, you know, the ghost and, and the, the haunted house. So, we 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 keep talking about this being a a haunted house movie, and like I said, I personally feel like that's the box that it fits the most comfortably in. But we talked at the top about how this is considered part of that eighty one you know rash of slasher films, and so when you look at this as a slasher film, the question becomes: Does it deserve that that labeling that title? You know, is it is it a slasher film? Or is it just that it came out in a wave of, like Dave said, offensively 80s uh, <laughs> horror movies? that uh, and, and so it just kind of gets lumped in with them. Does it deserve to be called a slasher film? Or should it be something that's viewed as its own thing in that time? Dave? Um, I think that it definitely has slasher qualities. Uh, I don't I, I mean, I, I often end up referring to it as a slasher because I think if something has slasher qualities, that's oftentimes in my mind enough. Uh, like I think of the Terminator, the original Terminator as a slasher. Um, OK, it, there's there's a lot of that, you know, uh, chasing that's going on between the killer and uh, and the heroine. Right. We have a classic a final girl. Uh, in in Sarah Connor, uh, even the music, the way it's done, a lot of the musical cues are are very much horror inspired music cues, um, and and the Terminator himself is is very much like a Michael Myers or or a Jason Voorhees style killer. You know, this just unstoppable killer that that you know is is hunting someone. So um, I think that there's enough of that present here for us to call it a slasher what's really interesting is that there is a surprisingly small number of deaths that are actually death by slashing 
<laughs> there's uh yeah. there's there's one really i think right uh it's may may the which is the first death she gets her head cut off which by the way i think very is cleanly really, it's it's a very effective uh yes. special effect because uh, there's there's a couple of like um uh, what do they call those those cuts uh you know those those quick edits yeah like back and forth. smash cuts yeah yeah smash cuts there it is and uh you know in that time they're able to throw in that final cut where it's just like her head poking out of a wall right and there's this fake neck that's attached to her and so when the axe swings in you know it just cuts that thing off and it is such an effective shot you know it is really really good but literally everyone else is killed by hand Mm -hmm. yeah you know it's it's not it's not a reliance on on weapons particularly hacking and slashing weapons which is what we're used to in these slashers right yeah. so we, we we get the head being twisted around which again i think the special effects are really good on oh that. man that that the head twisting around kill like that was one of my first like whoa of the <laughs> yeah. movie i um i actually every time that scene comes around uh that one and may's death i always rewind and i watch again because I, I'm like, man, but it looks like it's actually his head. Yes. You know, uh, it's it's really, really well done. So um, yeah. you know, there's uh, there actually there's two. There's two that are slashed because Peter is, uh, is he, yeah, he catches that scythe in the in the, in the belly. So, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're talking like method of death having to be slashes, then, yeah, there's a small number of them. And maybe it's not a slasher film, but. I mean, how many subgenres are are we having to choose from here? Because I think if you only have a few different buckets to put it in, slasher makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe at the time they there wasn't like a, a lot of other uh, choices for this. They didn't know where to put it. I would put it like the bonus said in its own thing of a haunted house movie. Um, you know, because because I agree that's where it most comfortably fits. Um, I think I think this is a slasher movie in one of the loosest sense. But yeah, it has enough elements that I'm comfortable with it being called a slasher film. I just yeah. don't think it's what you would think of. If I asked you to name slasher films, it'd take you a while before you got to this one, even if it hadn't been a forgotten movie. Right. But, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with body count. Like there's mm-hmm. there's really, I mean, relatively speaking, not that many people who die. You know, uh, you compare this to to some of the you know the more commonly named slasher movies, and you know they'll double or triple this body count, and you know in in sometimes even just in in the final <laughs> in the final reel, you know. Right. So yeah. um, that I think that kind of contributed contributed to this sort of like you know lukewarm reception at the time. You know, and and as as the years have gone by, people have kind of warmed up to it. Like, okay, well, it doesn't need to be a slasher, and it doesn't mm. need to be a haunted house movie either. It can kind of be its own thing. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that because I think that you guys are absolutely right in, in everything you've said, and and like I open with, you know, when we're just looking at when it came out, that's that's what everybody felt comfortable calling it because at the time that genre was still decently new, right? We were just on mm-hmm. Halloween too. We were just on Friday the 13th too. Like that was, that was still the new hip thing. But things about this movie that, that were, you know, that, that just remind you of that it came out during that wave. We're going back to it being just offensively 80s. There were some great little like, 
just like like just tropey type things in this one flashlights in the 80s according to scary movies were hot fucking garbage (laughs) the flashlights in this movie are outdone by a single candle in any Mm -hmm. given situation anywhere in this room these are the worst flashlights ever like you're in a fraternity what the one guy like part of his character development was like i'm rich it's like well then buy a flashlight that's worth a damn mag light has been around that long these things are awful um but they're you know they're uh uh the 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 girl the 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 dedication that the girl had to the garter belt right like she was (laughs) she was sticking to that like no i no matter what i take off or put on at any point this garter belt stays uh stuff like that that's that's just that just screams to you that this movie was made in the 80s i love um i i watched i watched the itunes version of this and I love that the transfer of this in no way seems to have been like remastered or anything. No. I loved watching a digital version of something where like there were still like the literal film like track marks yeah. that ran up the side and you'd occasionally get like a green line just like randomly up through the middle. Like all that was missing was was fucking tracking. That's yes, the only exactly. thing. Exactly. Yes. Like I didn't have to just adjust, um, you know, like that, that 80s stuff that, that was in it. That, that is another part of what, what kept this going for me. Like that was that the little stuff like that. So one of the things I love about doing this podcast and, the, and doing it with you and the people we have on here is we watch so many of these movies that that we what we enjoy we enjoy kills and we enjoy scares but you you tend to you you find comfort and joy in the little things sometimes when we did crimson peak some of the the wipes that they did and stuff like that that were so hammer horror were so great to me but that feeling of like i had just put a vhs in on my t on my tv and and being taken back to that that moment of not everything being high def and and just incredible like this i am not a it sounds warmer on vinyl guy when it comes to my music i am <laughs> i am very digital but man when it comes to my horror films like there is there's a there's a there's a you know a beef stew on a cold day like comfort <laughs> to getting these 80s films that that feel like you're still watching them on vhs oh, yeah. and i adore adored that uh, about this movie like so you know slasher not slasher haunted films uh, you know our haunted house stuff like that the offensively 80s part of this movie is where i'm like you can label this whatever you want it was it was comforting and it was fun to watch and i loved that bit of it (sighs) yeah yeah (laughs) you 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 kind of nailed it man you know that's that's something that um that always gets me that sort of nostalgia that you feel, uh, you know, when, when you, it, 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 to me, it's like, like eighties action movies as well. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I it, there is something beautiful about seeing it in high definition and seeing those explosions and, <laughs> and, and the gunshots and all that. But I, I learned to love this stuff in soft focus. I learned to love this stuff with degrading film stock yes and um and that's that's part of what makes slashers slashers you know part part of why we we watch these movies 
is is for that that sort of comfort like you said you know every now and then i'll, I'll just pop on you know uh, a, a weird one you know mm-hmm. uh, uh something weird like you know don't go in the house you know uh why why would i put that on it's not anywhere near as good as as any of the uh, the other you know spate of you know slashers that came out in the 80s um because you know because yeah. it's uh it's it's comforting uh we we've got uh andy chacon who came in here and says hi steve <laughs> how's it going <laughs> oh uh, if one one more thing to the, the slasher element that I forgot to mention. I just looked down at my notes and saw here. You were talking about that idea of the, the being chased by a powerful figure um, mm-hmm. fitting into that slasher mold. There was there was a really great scene that sold that slasher label when uh, when they're sitting in the bedroom and they're guarding the door, right? They've got the pitchfork right. and they've got the chair wedged up under the door and you see the rug slowly oh, yes. start to rise up and just really slowly you watch not only the form of, of a human, but of a massive human <laughs> suddenly yes. start to come up out of the floor. And that that scene... That exact scene would fit in any Halloween or Friday the 13th movie yeah. without a doubt. If you took yeah. that exact scene, but when you pulled back the rug, it was Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers, you would never question whether or not that scene belonged in yeah. uh, one of those movies. So there, there's there's a big old check mark in the slasher in the slasher category. That that is actually my favorite moment in the whole movie because it takes you by surprise. If you take mm-hmm. your your eyes off the screen for even a moment, you'll miss the the exact moment where he starts to come up. It's mm-hmm. very subtle. And one of the things I really love about that is that the musical cue doesn't come in right as he starts coming up. Right. It, it lets that swell so that and you you have to think of this as someone in the movie theater in 1981 watching this right Mm -hmm. you were having popcorn you were smooching with your girlfriend right and then all of a sudden you look over there right as the musical cue hits and it's like holy shit he's there how did he get there you know it's a blink and you miss it moment that makes you want to go back and watch that movie again so -hmm. that you can see the moment where that guy comes up it's it's a it's a brilliant brilliant piece of uh suspense that's that's written in there that's that's well directed uh well executed and since i'm talking about music i think the music in this is fantastic it's a it's a real throwback to like the the hammer horrors style music you know it it kind of eschews the 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 synth score i'm a huge fan of the synth score i think uh we've talked before about my love for john carpenter's music but um I really like that this kind of went back and did like the opposite of the slasher and just went like, Hey, let's, let's kick it old school. Yeah. They were like, we got a keyboard and a theremin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like all other slashers, right. uh, We must talk about blood and boobs, right? We talk about it every single time that we do slashers, right? Um, Blood and boobs. So, how does this fare in relation to other slashers, other horror movies? How's the blood and guts? How's the sex and the 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 objectification of the women in in the movie? How how does this uh, stack up with other slashers of the time? 
You looking at me first? Sure. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't look at anybody. You uh, forgot you know to throw it. it was like- yeah. Uh, you know. What? Let's let, let's go, Daniel, first on this. One. Okay. Um, this movie. Uh, for as fun as it was, and for when it was being made, uh, stacked up against its compatriots of 81 in the late 70s, was very mild on both blood and boobs. Um, uh, you know, we didn't see a single nipple unless I blinked and missed one, right? No, um, no, no, you did we not. Definitely, we definitely got some uh, Linda Blair's got a really, really nice tracks of land that uh <laughs> that, that 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 bounce and heave as she's running around this house uh you know we were we were it was it was interesting you taught we you know we, we we always look at this from the angle of objectifying women as well and so uh uh not uh, wait the, the 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 british girl marty denise denise there we go yeah um uh, the names all like Seth was the only name that I could remember in this one. Anyway, so Denise. Well, he had to keep repeating it for Denise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is true. He did have to keep it. That is why. That's probably why. Yeah. Um, so we get this, we get this image of her right away as you know, she's she's dressed as a flapper girl and everybody's trying to get with her. And she's like, Oh, yeah, frisk me before you leave. And oh, let's go upstairs. But then they get up there and she's like, uh, so tell me about surfing. And and it's like, it's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Let's let's develop this character a little bit more beyond yeah. just beyond just being the floozy. Um, so you know, we get her in lingerie essentially, essentially the whole time. Um, like I said, you know, we get Linda, we get Linda Blair. It's kind of starting to get unbuttoned a little bit there, but doesn't get too, too far. Um, and the, so boobs wise, you know, the counts real low, but the sexuality that was used was used well. Um, it, it, it never reached the point where it just felt overly horny. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, as far as the blood goes, most of the kills were decently bloodless i mean there was yeah. there were a, there were a couple you know really good ones when the guy gets his you know his head ripped around and stuff and he falls down you know there's a decent amount but um it wasn't it wasn't a gore fest it, it i mean nowhere close to a gore fest it really wasn't gory at all um there was pro- what was interesting to me was the most tense that i got waiting for a kill or or an injury didn't even happen. But damn it, when Seth was climbing over that fence, oh, I yes. was I was so tense up, and I was like, I swear to God, if this guy takes one of these razor sharp spikes to the gooch, I'm gonna have to like pause it <laughs> because like like I could I was I was waiting to feel that, praying that it yeah. wouldn't happen. And he did make it over, just you know, minor shoulder injury. But God, when he was climbing over that fence, like that was possibly the tensest I was for the whole movie. Um, so, you know, comparatively, it's low, but I think that all of what they did was done effectively. Yeah. Right. yeah, it was pretty mild, you know, some blood to the shoulder, stuff like that. Very, very mild on both, both, um, you know, categories there. I got to be a little careful in, in uh, how I respond because, uh, you know, not everybody's asleep in the house. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean um aside from like garter and legs there wasn't much going on on that category and then you know not not a lot of blood not a lot of uh gore i i thought that it was pretty tasteful because sometimes if there's too much gore it it can feel like the horror equivalent of a michael bay action movie where it's like we don't have anything so we're just gonna throw a bunch of syrupy blood at the screen yeah. Um, and here they, they clearly felt, Hey, look, we, we have a story to tell. We don't need to just cover it up and, and compensate in that manner. 
Um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that uh, there wasn't more sexuality to this because it's an 80s slasher, but, you know. Well, and especially when it opens, like, in that party, like, we're immediately like, oh, okay, like, drinking, drunken frat boy, you know, uh, setting. Like, all right. It's, somebody's it's, getting somebody's lucky. Somebody's getting lucky. <laughs> yeah, somebody's getting lucky. And then, you know, maybe, maybe they, maybe they did. There was this weird moment where they were asleep and then awake and then, and then later on going back to, then they were fooling around again. So. But we never saw it. But we never saw it. Yeah. No. And they yeah, had the perfect I, opportunity, you know, they really they're did. in a home. It's fully furnished, run, running water. Uh, <laughs> Remarkably not dusty. It's just crazy. Can, uh, can, can you imagine uh, both those those Garth boys just like sitting there dusting things? Year and, paying, and paying their water bill because the yeah, water yeah. Very responsible. There, there's there's just an envelope with with like a, an address scrawled and like thirty bucks in cash like <laughs> left on like the, the the county's doorstep. Like, well, I guess we should pay their water bill with this. But but they're illiterate. They never learned to write, so it's just like these like weird markings, right? <laughs> and so like some someone gets this and they're like, hey, I guess the Garst boys are bringing their uh, <laughs> their their water bill again, dude. Um, so I, I think that the lack of blood and boobs in this is a large part of why this movie is forgotten. So are you saying sex sells? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what what a news. novel concept. Yeah. And it turns um, out everyone's buy-in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because this movie gets it, it was marketed as a slasher right and because it gets lumped in with these slashers uh but it doesn't really play by the slasher rules um it was one of those where people uh maybe thought okay well where was the blood hmm. where were the boobs because that's what we came for right and 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 when when it's when it's not there uh, like you still feel like you had a good time with the movie because it was funny, right? Because uh, I I think the kills were memorable. Like how how many movies has the guy died because he was like literally thrown out of a window? Yeah, by by by, by a fucking Sasquatch, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, or, or or like Bigfoot or whatever the fuck this guy is, right? So um, I, I I think that that's part of it, right? Uh, where I, I really liked that we didn't have to rely on that stuff because although I, I do love gore and, and I, and I do love the sexiness that's brought on by these movies, um, you know, it, it, sometimes it is a breath of fresh air to like, not have the women objectified in, uh, in one of these things, you know, uh, yeah. to actually, to actually, <laughs> to, to, to actually try to develop a character, you know, give her a backstory, right? Like, oh, maybe, maybe she's smart, right? Like mm -hmm. she's a mechanic, you know, which I'm really which good not, at English lit takes uh, the best which, notes, the best. Yeah. Notes. <laughs> and, and not, not only is that like, does it play into the, uh, like the plot later where she's able to like figure out what's going on with this car, like right away and hotwire it and get it to run. Right. Uh, and so it's not just a plot device. I think like thematically, there's also some things going on there, like some class structure. There's gotta be some commentary there that wasn't truly developed. I think with, you know, how 
college is so expensive that a working class person has to, you know, do someone's notes to be able to to afford to to live or to, uh, to live Greek you know. life, especially. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and then you know the 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 rich boy uh, kind of you know has everything handed to him. So you know, there's there's dimension there to to the characters, and and if that means that. Um, that we don't get to see Linda Blair's boobies, then okay. You know? <laughs> um, I'm, 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 I'm okay with that. So uh, the blood and boobs surprisingly low on here, but I, I don't think that it detracts from it. I think no. that, I, th I think that it detracted from the, the mythos of the movie early on. And, and now that it's kind of cemented itself as this sort of cult classic, you can watch the movie and say, oh, okay, that's really cool. Uh, we really only get, you know, the the blood, you know, well, when, 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 when we see Denise's head in the bed, you know, yeah. not even, you know, when, when, uh, when she's actually going to be decapitated, uh, you know, and, and by the way, what a great scene when they stumble upon that table downstairs in, in the, in the caves and Denise is there with her head like sewn back on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, that's 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 a, that's another fantastic scene there. Yeah, like I said earlier, that monster layer was great for me. I love the the family photos and the candles and the whole. It was just very creepy, and that's what you want your monsters layer to be a little, yeah. little shrine to something and the whole deal. And it was great. Um, I I. Don't know. Are we, I mean, are we gonna talk about the end of the movie later, or, or can I bring up oh, something? Yeah, no. Go, go yeah, ahead. Go we're, ahead. We're, we're wrapping no, up. So now. okay. Well, if we're wrapping up, like the ending to the movie, I'm not gonna completely like shit all over it here. But um, the driving that she does uh, <laughs> without at all having her eyes on the road whatsoever, kind of deal. Like, like you know, she's panicking. Yeah. She's monstering the whole deal. But like if you look at the car, it's like a stunt driver or it's on a track or something um, in the way that it maneuvers. And then um, and then she's able to, to do what she does to the monster spirit on the gate and everything. But is it just me or did she walk towards the house and not away from the house like before the credits? Because it seemed as though like yeah, she's she, trying she's to get out. Walking away. Okay. Yeah, because she because she was watching the sun rise like behind the house, and then as she's leaving, the sun is rising behind her. Like she's backlit, and the sun okay. is rising behind the house. So, okay. which, which which she gets her, which is um, you know, speaking of the end, Linda Blair getting an awesome final girl moment. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. getting to be the one who who takes out the last guy, and then it you know just ends with her just being done with this and just walking off. You know, it it was it was the horror movie equivalent of not looking back at an explosion when yeah, that movie cool. ends. You know, she's just stone faced with everything that's just happened, and and it just and that freeze frame roll credits over her just walking away, looking like a badass was rad. I I actually uh, really like that ending that extended chase is i think fantastic um i think it's when we get some some of the most sexualization in that movie uh with with linda blair uh discovering the dead bodies and uh you know jumping up and down in you know uh yeah, fear yeah. When, when she when she stumbles upon that and um you know all of her jumps up and down <laughs> when, when that happens um and and I, I I think that it it's really effective, you know. I, I was uh, always on 
the edge of my seat. You know, like, and I've seen it before many times. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, well, does he pop out here? Does he pop out there? Where is it that it, that this is going to happen again? Especially when she enters that hedge maze. You know, it's not the most iconic iconic hedge maze, uh, hedge maze in um, in horror cinema, not by a long shot, but uh, but we do, but we do get some really good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, so I, I I particularly like that that ending. Yeah, I think. yeah, and, it, and especially that impalement at the end. Oh, dude, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, 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 like all of the all of the foreshadowing of how sharp the top of that 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 yeah. gate was. The really hand getting paid, cut. Yeah. paid off. Yeah, it pay, yeah, it definitely paid off. I mean, for starting with the story that he told and not being able to get away, then him cutting his hand and his shoulder, like mm-hmm. that that little tiny bit kept replaying to where it made that kill so much cooler. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. So, Daniel? Yeah, yeah. so, um, so you know, like, it, as, as we get to the end here, we, we always like to decide how we're going to rate the movie. We wanted to find, we always like to try to find something that's really unique, and definitely a unique feature in this movie were Seth's heart-printed boxers. Uh, they they were they were as much a star in the movie as as anybody else. So on a scale of one to five heart printed boxers, what do you give Hell Knight, Steve? I mean, this is gonna sound like a cop out, but I'll defend it. Uh, I give it three uh, heart printed boxers um, because while it was not, you know, going back to what we said earlier, like it's not like super novel, not tons of of gore or, or maybe not all the sexuality promised by the uh, opening scene and, and the, and the party, the frat party or whatever. Um, while, while there's maybe things that you could say about it, right. Um, it definitely is a great haunted house movie. I like what they did with the house. I like the acting in it was surprisingly good. Like there were, there were enough things in there that, like I told you, like, I didn't feel like I wasted an hour and 40. Like I felt like I'm glad I saw that movie holy cow, why hadn't anybody told me that this movie existed? Because it is different from the formulaic, you know, all these 80 slashers are the same kind of thing. Like this was a different movie um, for me. Uh, I don't think I've seen one that that is a, a copycat or mirrors it per se. Um, and so like, I don't know, I'd, I'd give it three. All right, fair enough, Dave. I think that's solid. Um, I actually am going to go three and a half. Mm. Uh, because I, I Price am, is writing me. <laughs> I am I am torn between three and a half and four, mm-hmm. and uh, it's one of those things where it's like if if we used uh, like quarters on here, like you know uh, quarter heart printed boxers, um, I I would say I would say that this is three and three quarter heart printed boxers, uh, but that's that's way too much math. I don't math that hard. How so, do you wear a three quarter boxer? You know, that's what I want. to. Yeah. So, um, and, and I, it would not feel right giving this four. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it just, it, it just doesn't. Um, so I would have to, I would have to, you know, round down to, to three and a half. And mm-hmm. um, so it, it, it's weird because I don't think that it's that low, but I also don't think it's as high as four. I think that this is a movie that is enjoyable. It's mm-hmm, one yeah. that I that I like to watch. Um, I kind of put it in the same boat as uh, like Sly Stallone's Cobra, 
you know it's 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 by no means a good movie you know yeah it's it's not it's not a good movie but it's one that you know like you know, fuck i really enjoy watching that movie you know um and and that's that's kind of where this sits with me where mm-hmm. i uh i really enjoy seeing these four characters die in uh in 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 this house you know and and of course you know not all four of them die um but linda blair has talked about how how much fun it was to make this movie although it was a a grueling process because they shot it over only 40 days um and you know they they had thanksgiving dinner while they were making the the movie you know they at that table downstairs yes yeah (laughs) yeah uh, they actually, the table was put there for Thanksgiving dinner. They decided <laughs> to write it in afterwards. Um, so yeah, I, um, and she, she says that they, they really became a group of friends, you know, that, that they really enjoyed each other's company and, and that, you know, that, that comes off in the movie. You, yeah, you can tell so. you can, yeah, you, you can tell that, that this is, this is a group of people that, that really do enjoy uh, being with one another and that makes you want to see that enjoyment so yeah. I, I i i think three and a half i feel more comfortable than four um and that's that's where i'm at three, three and, and a half half uh heart printed boxers what, what about you debona uh, i think i think you hit the nail on the head man I, I gotta go three and a half because i did really enjoy it and i thought it was a lot of fun but at the same time four just feels too high mm-hmm. one thing i really enjoyed about this movie and it's one of the first times um it's since we've been doing this podcast and we've been watching the movies that i've had this thought um, and that's nothing against the other movies that we've seen. It's just, this is one of the first times where I've been like, my kids just about like my, my oldest kids are 10 and I'm like, my kid, my older kids are just about old enough to where this can be a, a movie that I could, that I could introduce them into classic horror with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that gave it an extra half star for me just right there. Like that, how much I enjoyed it and feeling like it's something that not only would I recommend to people, like if people are like, give me an obscure eighties horror movie that, that you like, I'd be like, Oh dude, let me tell you about hell night. You know, I think you'll really enjoy yeah. this. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's, you know, it's, it's not the greatest thing ever, but it's a good movie. But also I feel like, you know, maybe next year at 11, my daughter's kind of a scaredy cat, but we'll see. Um, you know, like, I feel like this is this is a good soft introduction into being like, look at some of the weird stuff that your dad likes. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, I feel I feel like it, 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 it gets right up on the precipice of being too much without ever crossing that line. Uh, and so from that aspect, I, I liked it a lot for all of the reasons that, that we've talked about. I really did like it Four just does seem too high. Right. So yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go three and a half uh, printed uh, heart printed boxers. All right. So um, I guess if we're, if we're doing calculations, shiver three. style, yeah, we round up the three and a half. Yeah. Right. Uh, so because I mean, Steve, you're the math guy. Uh, this yeah, I would say, I would say, yeah, three three and a half. We're gonna go with three and a half, three and a third, right? Okay, yeah, all right. So, yeah, three, three and a half heart printed boxers for for Hell Knight. I, this, you know, it's feeling more right with me the more, the more I say that. Yeah, three and a half, three and a half. Yeah, yeah, um, so Steve, thank you so much for coming on, man. Do you, it's an honor, a pleasure. 
Uh, do you want, do you want to plug your podcast? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's an interview podcast, pretty wide ranging guests. It's called know it some, uh, because nobody likes to know it all, but it's always good to know it some. Um, and I've had a, a wide, wide range of guests on there. I've had, uh, athletes like Super Bowl champion, uh, Pat Lee, uh, team USA's Eddie Alvarez. He actually became the third American to ever medal in both a winter and summer Olympic sport. Cause he medaled in speed skating in uh, Sochi in 2014 and then baseball this year. So yeah, re- like really, really cool guests like that. I had, uh, um, you know, the, the past police chief for Miami Dade and so on and so forth. And we're 30 episodes in really, really cool um, kind of concept to keep you well-rounded. You learn about people from all different walks of life and occupations and backgrounds. And um, I, I enjoy it. And uh, some people have called it a poor man's, uh, Joe Rogan. And I think that's, uh, a lazy, uh, way of, of, you know, categorizing my show just cause I'm bald and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and a bit of an idiot. Um, but no, uh, listen, th- you are much, you are much more intelligent than Joe Rogan. I appreciate I, that. Thank you. I, I enjoy your podcast much more than his. Also, Joe Rogan, would you like to come on our podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, his, 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 his podcast are like- on DMT. <laughs> I, I will do it. Um, he, uh, his, his are like three or four hours long. Right. But he also has people like Elon Musk and, and Bernie Sanders on his show. Like my, my guests might not be Elon Musk, but also like, I only keep you for like 45 minutes. My, my episodes are relatively short. So yeah, it's a know it's some pod. You could find it anywhere you get your podcasts and we're all over social media at know it's some pod. Very cool. So speaking of other podcasts, make sure you head over to geekbro.net where you can find all of our shiver info as well as other podcasts on our Geek Bro network, including Mount Geekmore with uh, David and myself uh, pretty regularly. We have got What's Up Bro with uh, Neri. Uh, the new one, Crimeacopia, Crimeucopia, Crimeacopia. Close if I'm enough. saying that correctly. Um, it is a true crime podcast where they're currently undertaking their first season where they are delving into lesser known cults from all over the world. Uh, we've got comedy fitness, uh, I believe is here and there, seasons and kickflicks yep. uh, where they're going to be reviewing some, where they're reviewing martial arts films. I'm on the most recent episode where we watched Enter the Ninja. Um, I, I love that movie. Man, talk about a movie being offensively 80s. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, um, so oh, if yeah. you head to geekbro.net, you can find all of that, or you can find us at shiverpod.com. Uh, Shiverpod is also where you can find us on all of your social medias. There you go. So on behalf of all of us here on Shiver, fright you very much.